Welcome to the Soulful Heart Current Podcast with your hosts, Gabriel Amara and Kasha Rakshana. We invite you into a sacred space of connection within you and with us as we digest our current healing and awakening processes, soul family community, and what's rumbling in the collective through the Soulful Heart lens. We hope this offers you a lighthouse and beacon of hope trust, and divine love in the storm. Thank you for tuning in from our hearts and souls to yours. And welcome. Thank you for joining us for our third episode of the Soulful Heart Current. Yes. Welcome. Hello. We appreciate uh, you being here with us, uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, and that we always enjoy doing these every week. Because it feels yeah. like it, it continues to out something for both of us personally. And then I think we, we hope that it sort of gives you something, gives a gift to you about a different perspective on how to see and feel things. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Why yeah. else would we be doing this? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's not for our own edification, that's for sure. <laughs> um, though, of course, we really enjoy this yeah. and uh, doing it this way. Yeah. But yeah, this is our third episode ever. And that's mm-hmm. exciting. Last episode, we talked about the the gap and mm-hmm. being a bridge between our humanity and our spirituality. Yeah. And, you know, in that conversation, we always kind of ponder, you know, what would be the a good thing to feel. And of mm-hmm. course, we're being current. That's what the whole part of the soulful art current is. Um, so we're trying to bridge what's real for us in this moment, mm-hmm. our personal process. And then, of course, as well, what we feel is really feels alive to to talk about. Yeah. And what we want to talk about today dovetails off of our last episode um, where we were talking about, as Gabriel said, the gap between humanity and spirituality inside of you and what causes that. And we went into sort of an overview of the kinds of parts and aspects within you that may be perpetuating that gap or really feeling the sting of it, feeling the impact of it. One of those parts that we mentioned was the inner teenager. And so we wanted to go into talking about the inner teenager because there are so many ways in which this part of you shows up. And it's actually quite an important part to talk about and invite you to feel for yourself because it's not a part, it's a part that is more talked about now, even in other parts work offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing though, that we really have noted about our own inner teenagers and the inner teenagers of people that we've worked with is that they, on a, on a spiritual level, they feel quite uninitiated quite often. Mm -hmm. And that was certainly true for my inner teenager to some extent. She, because as teenagers in other lifetimes, we would have been initiated into different orders or different communities. Or even when we talk about the Magdalene's, the way that we feel the Magdalene order, if you want to call it that, is that we lineage. would have earned the lineage, mm-hmm. is that we were initiated into it, into different mysteries, into different um, soul gifts, into different sort of um, phases of initiation even mm-hmm. in, these, in these soul communities. And Avalon's another example that a lot of uh, feminine souls especially resonate with. And so you were often taken off to Avalon quite early in your life. So you were given lots of initiations by the time you were 13 sometimes. Mm -hmm. So as teenagers, we 
in, in within 3D, within the matrix, we tend to feel quite lost. And perhaps you're someone who's listening to this and you're in your early 20s, so your teenagehood isn't, isn't that far behind you. So you may actually feel today how much this part of you is still you, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Because actually a lot of people that we've met who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s even are uh, have a big inner teenager leading who is still looking for something, looking for initiation, looking for satisfaction, looking for adulthood and feeling like they're leading adulthood somehow, but not necessarily in the most mature way, obviously, because the init- it's the initiations that mature you. So if you didn't get even initiations in your life in terms of mirrors and challenges to help you grow, to help you see yourself, to help you see your impact um, on other people through your behaviors and your choices, or your impact on yourself, then chances are that inner teenager is still kind of driving the bus in some ways. So Yeah. It really felt important to bring this up, and it, it may seem somewhat strange or obtuse to some degree about it, but the more... I would say the more you feel into your own teenage years mm. and to really go back to them, uh, the more there's a, just a, a wealth of feeling and information that comes from that. And I, I really felt important to bring that up only because part of my la- recent processes has to do with myself in my teenage years in relationship uh, to my father as a man, and you mentioned, you know, initiations for a woman, of course, in in the um, mm-hmm. more priestess sort of ways. There's also for men, you know, there's initiations as a boy at an age where there were in tribal uh, communities there would be these sort of things that a, a young man would go through mm-hmm. in order to um, kind of move his way up in sort of that kind of masculine lineage. Um, and you can read all sorts of things about that in many different cultures uh, about initiations at a particular age. You know, you know, a friend of mine who was Jewish uh, when I went to school with him, you know, he had this bar mitzvah. You know, that's yeah, a, that's exactly. kind of an initiation, yeah. right? That's thirteen years old, fourteen years old, fifteen years old. The quinceanera in Mexico. And I was just thinking of the quinceanera. So yeah. there's all these things that happen around thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. It's such a um, a volatile age of so many things happening in our bodies, in our in our social lives. And then as we're starting to develop something into becoming adults, um, what are we actually being initiated into? Who are we being initiated by mm-hmm. is the bigger thing. And I think for myself, at, as a 13, 14, 15-year-old, I was being initiated by a wounded uh, masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was things like you know, driving a car, that's an initiation, um, you know, figuring out what you want to do when you quote grow up, you know, as part of your initiation and all these other little things. And then of course I'm being initiated by MTV Mm -hmm. at my age. I'm being initiated by all sorts of little things. You know, I never really got into sports. Sports could be kind of initiation. Your peers become initiated. The peers become initiators. Because they become initiators who have they been initiated by often disconnected families as well. Yeah. So it's really just passing on of a dysfunction rather than right. actual like conscious initiation. Mm-hmm. We're being initiated by the matrix itself it is, at this yeah. point. And matrix hijacking of yes. consciousness, of even spirituality, religion, you name it. Right. We're being initiated by all of those things as well. And 
I, I also felt important because I remember even at 40 years old, I think I even talked about this in the first episode, about really starting to feel the need to heal. Mm-hmm. I could feel something. I could really um, viscerally feel a 14-year-old inside of me, even before knowing anything about I mean, I remember hearing things about inner child and all that stuff, yeah. doing some research about things. And that all made total sense, you know, having a wounded childhood. But then you don't, you don't really hear a lot about that teenage those teenage years. And I, I just remember myself feeling as if I could be, you know, uh, 40 or 14 at mm-hmm. some points, depending on my reactions to things. And it was a very curious thing. And I'm recognizing that it's a, um, a spiraling, like it's not something you just go into and come out of. And all of a sudden this your inner teenager, teenager is healed, healed and initiated <laughs> and all that stuff. It, it, it feels like an ongoing thing yeah. because there's so many new things that we get to learn. And I think one thing I'm learning for myself is there's a psychological place to go back to, an emotional wounding, mm-hmm. going back to relationship to my friends, to girls, uh, to the feminine, to my father, to other men. And so there's a big quagmire of stuff going on at that age. And there's a lot to sort through. And then going back to that even still, I tried to put a lens of spirituality over that time. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't have any. I would have said consciously that I wasn't spiritual at that age. Nothing right. to me. My parents weren't really all that religious at all. Um, so basic 3D sort of relationship to things. Mm-hmm. And But then I started to realize that I actually did have something, I think, quite spiritual. It just wasn't labeled as such. I was seeing and feeling things differently mm-hmm. than my family. And I wasn't just necessarily buying into it. I was to some degree in order to stay lockstep into that sort of traditional state, but it was not really uh, reconciling inside of me. Right. And so I think it was more of a, uh, became more of a, a pressure cooker um, to try to go to college and get through school, do well in school, figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, but there was something else in me that was um, really rebelling against that whole idea. And there's mm-hmm. the word rebellion, which has a lot to do with being a teenager too. And actually pushing back against, because we're hmm. without the um, consciously held, consciously chosen, consciously administered initiations, mm-hmm. um, it does create this rebellion and pushback. Um, whether it's whether you were consciously a rebel or not, and chances are, if you're listening to this, you have been, you have experienced some sort of rebellion inside of you, even as an adult. So, of course, there would have been a pushback against the initiators because it wasn't something that was wanted. It, it's not the level. There's reasonable angst as a teenager because this is not the level of consciousness that actually most of our souls are used to by that age or the level of care or the level of space holding that we actually do all need as teenagers. So that's where it gets, uh, where this part really does become a part for us too is not being able to be felt. And that's really how all these parts form is from not being able to be felt in trauma. And that trauma might not be a a big thing. Mm. It doesn't have to be. A trauma can form just from simply not being offered care when you were angry, sad, whatever it is. And so you learn a part of you steps forward, learns to cope, and then suddenly you have a strategy rather than a realness rather than a way of being with life and other people that actually is based in something that you feel you can be really real about or um, they can be real or um, anything that has a higher consciousness to it Mm -hmm. um, and higher potential than just a 
a sad sort of placating of something just to get by. So a lot of our our angst and our pain, they do form in our childhood, but I really feel in our teenage years, it's um, that's when it gets really solidified sometimes. Yeah, it, it People just, talk about being in your 20s and that happens too, which is also right. true. I had done a um, draft of a writing about this and one word I used was carterized. Like, oh, as cauterized, in, like, like a wound. Like a wound has been covered over. Um, yes. Where as in your child, you're kind of like this little open wound, but as you grow right. up into a teenager, it cauterizes. There's a, there's yeah, a layer a scab. of It gets scab. scabbed. Yes. over rather than healed. Oh right. my God, that's such a great right. analogy. So this, and then we walk into life with this scab. It's a filter mm-hmm. um, that's protecting this inner child wounding that we've had. And yet, so we're trying to reconcile the this initiation we're being asked to go into in this 3D kind of way. Mm-hmm. We're either going into it kicking and screaming. We're going into it full-fledged and being a totally unconscious of it. Or we're rebelling against it. We're fighting against it. Um, you know, I, I could say I don't know how many teenagers I remember that could feel really super grounded um, no. in my circle personally. Anyway, of course, I'm wounded, so you're going to track some woundings and you're going to go back and forth in that. Um, but it was hard, but it was always to feel someone who was a teenager that actually had some groundedness to them and some clarities and some ease it was very hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then that scab that forms just starts getting more and more hardened over mm. time. There's more layers that go over top of it. Mm. So as we peel back those layers, we start actually feeling these parts. And I mean, it's hard. This is hard work. And the inner teenager is especially sometimes um, calloused, as you're saying, but also um, they can be really challenging to feel and hold. Because if you think about yourself as a teenager, you were probably pushing back in a lot of ways, whether it was conscious or unconscious, against your, quote, caregivers, who knows how caring they actually were. And so, of course, you as your more centered and divine self trying to come in, and we could say 5D self as well, by the way, you know, that that higher consciousness trying to come in and hold this teenager, they're going to... Uh, sometimes kick at you, sometimes push back against you, rebel, take over anyway um, when it comes to your process. And also they just generally have a hard time letting you in. So it's really, it really can take some time for this part to actually trust you mm-hmm. because they haven't had anyone they can trust. Right. How often have we met Gabriel inner teenagers, not just inside of ourselves, mm-hmm. but inside of people we've worked with mm-hmm. that have such a hard time trusting. And yep. it's just such tender ground I always go into it with people with a tenderness first Mm -hmm. rather than a challenge, even though I'll be very direct about some things with the inner teenager because that's also quite often what they never got was Mm -hmm. direct energy with love and clarity and care. So it takes them a while to trust and especially an, an inner teenager who has experienced a lot of abuse, which unfortunately so many of them have, mm-hmm. it's, it just takes um, sometimes just knocking lightly on their bedroom door and yeah. saying, can I come in? And is that actually okay with you? Mm-hmm. Because I have no desire to invade you the way mom did right. or the way dad did yeah. or the way priests did or whoever. And so. when you do connect with your teenage years as a part of you, a mm-hmm. separateness yeah. from you, a separate consciousness that is still living in that time and place, 
you're, you're in a way you're taking in, yeah. you know, kind of like a foster child in some ways, right? It, it, that's what it kind of can have feel mm-hmm. like. And so there is going to be a bit of that butting up against it as if who are you? Yeah. And over time you become in this relationship to this teenage energy, as well as connection to your divine self or your higher self, um, you become the initiator of yes. this inner teenage. And, and because of your energy. connection to the divine, the mm-hmm. divine then gets to come in, guides get to come in right. to initiate this part of you into in this quantum way. So this is what's perhaps missing in some version of parts work around working with the inner teenager, though that work, of course, is really good work. It's just then allowing that teenager, that usually is quite multidimensional, actually. Mm. When we're teenagers, the veil does start to close up, but because it's just starting to close up, we still have a lot of soul memories coming in, and there's quite a bit of overlap before we get really hardened and calloused and really into 3D. Yeah. Um, so that was something, actually, my own inner teenager always pushed back against. But what's so cool is that we get to catch up with that now, when we work with the inner teenager today is working through the 3d pain, but then going into the spiritual pain, Mm -hmm. uh, religious pain, whatever it is that's there, their own missing of the divine and their own memories that they had to stuff down of maybe visits from star family, Mm -hmm. for example, as a young teenager Mm -hmm. or a preteen and the star seed pain is sometimes in the inner teenager as much as it's in, as much as it's Mm -hmm. in the inner child. And we talked about that last, um, podcast episode as well the inner child can transform into the star seed but what happens is sometimes the inner teenager is very connected to the star seed too yeah. so there's a lot yeah. there and um just on the spiritual note as well i grew up catholic so i always had this kind of religious upbringing but at a very early age around 13 or 14 years old i started to read sylvia brown i started to get into the hay house authors and i started to awaken beyond the catholic mold and even prior to that i'd always had kind of a connection with the divine but i remember my teenager always having this rebellion that wanted to be more in the spiritual consciousness rather than 3D consciousness. So this was like baked in the cake for me mm-hmm. for so long. And then as a result of, I do want to talk some more about this today, um, perhaps the um, the rebellion that your inner teenager can have against 3D life. And mm-hmm. even when it comes to financial stability or grounding, which you actually do need mm-hmm. to some degree right. until you don't. But I've met so many rebellious 20-somethings, and I was one of them too, even when I first came into Silverheart at 24. There was this um, not wanting to hold a job for too long because it was boring. And also, but then the sacrifice was no financial stability, uh, really, overall, and then having to rely on my birth mom to pay for things for me. And then eventually I got challenged on that in my process. And it was like, no, you got to become a woman now. You're what, 25 years old? Come on, this it's time. And it was just like, wow, that was um, a huge awakening for me to realize, no, I really should go and have a steady job. And if I don't like that job anymore, I should find another one or something mm-hmm. for a while anyways, until mm-hmm. my soul purpose can truly kick in. And I'll just trust, I have to trust the divine on this, that 
what's being presented in front of me as a way to get stable is actually going to contribute to the inner work I need to do to then draw soul purpose work, to draw soul community, to become intimate, to draw sacred union, which I always ached for. And so it was just this, this reminder of how we do actually in this inner teenager, we have to negotiate with them for holding some kind of income while also holding their desires for a life that is exciting, that's alive. Mm -hmm. And maybe your inner teenager is quite depressed and creative. And unfortunately, those two things do often go together. So there's, or anxious, and there's, there's a lot to feel in, in all of those textures with them and where that really comes from for them so that you can show up as an adult, as a woman, as a man, help them become initiated into where you're really going on your life path and bring them with you, not try to put them away, not let them shut themselves away because they need to be a part of it. And also not let their sense of rebellion drive the bus all the time because you do need to have one foot Mm -hmm. in some kind of grounding rather than just the dreaming. And it's it's so hard sometimes to reconcile those things with a teenager especially. Right. Those are really good points. I mean, as you're talking, the first thing that came to me was we talked about the seven areas of life in mm-hmm. our last episode, and we had that link uh, of mm-hmm. those seven areas to the and article. some questions and yeah. everything. And what I was getting is this feeling of how our, if we are really colored by this um, scab of the, of the inner teenager, this filter of the inner teenager, and we have a fusion to it that we're not aware of. And so we're colored to that. It's interesting to see what the teenager feels about those seven areas, about right. being emotional, about spirituality, Actually, about that is, livelihood, yeah. ab- about their environment. And so when you look at what the teenager, what mm-hmm. you would as a teenager re- respond to those areas, mm-hmm. um, you'll see lots of different ways in which that's what you're doing right now. Sure. So you, we can talk about people who are we've worked with and there's a way sometimes where even the relationship to sexuality is through a teenage lens relationship to spirituality can be through a teenage lens um the entitlement to soul purpose work mm -hmm. which is a big one was a huge one for me to feel but then also the twin flame paradigm Mm -hmm. we have felt we -hmm. have felt um often is coming through the lens of an inner teenager yeah and held with that much maturity yes So I I think that unless there's this maturation of Mm -hmm. this inner teenager, we use the word initiation, but there's also a maturation um, that didn't really quite happen. We matured into one thing. It was very matrix related. Um, But in terms of just our holistic health of emotional health, physical health, um, spiritual health and all these things, it, it never, I don't know how much it really got to that point. There's still a, there's still an immaturity that lives inside of us to a degree, the degree mm-hmm. to which the teenager has not fully been healed and matured into a level of adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and to where they can just actually just be teenager right? Uh, while in home of our adult heart. Um, that, that's a very big struggle and a challenge, I think, because when we're fused together as one, then we have a whole new relationship to things. They can be like a loose cable on the highway kind of feeling. Um, There's sort of an out of controlness quite often when the inner teenager is leading and your life is dramatic and messy. 
In much all, much more dramatic and messy than it yeah. needs to be. Really. I, I've met with a couple of men who were healers, you know, working with people, and we would go into it's like they would come to me and say, mm. "I'm a healer, but I still feel something in here, and I, I just need some some space holding in, or to go into this." And we would inevitably go into meditation, uh, a guided meditation, and find their teenagers still very much in a wounded state, uh, still very angry and upset and in pain, and and yet it never it was hard for them to cross that threshold into deepening in relationship because yeah. a teenager was in, in a deep uh, state of protection and yeah. couldn't really get uh, a foothold on there. So you've got a teenager that's actually holding space for somebody that's yeah. in there. And so there's that can create some interesting dynamics in terms of so it's, um, healing. This is where work. it starts to feel like the uninitiated trying to initiate mm-hmm. more uninitiated mm-hmm. parts of people and people in general. And... That is a recipe for disaster in a lot of ways, a recipe for drama. Um, And this is why in Soulful Heart, we really insist on every facilitator in our community having a cleanness. And that cleanness comes from really working the parts inside and being gut honest with ourselves about what we're ready to do, what we're ready to serve, who we're ready to serve, Mm -hmm. who we even want to serve and why, and just being very real about that and... And being conscious and being about conscious, our own service. Yes, just being very conscious of it. And I think it's because, yeah, there's a lot of inner teenagers running rampant, mm-hmm. you could say, in in these different spiritual teachers and leaders, and they're going unaddressed. So therefore, we have a lot of self-image-based mm-hmm. leadership, actually, where it's really more about the individual who's leading rather than about you, the person who's coming to them for healing or support. Mm-hmm. And then you also have then abusive and narcissistic tendencies in some different kinds of leaders as well. And I would say that's a mix of the inner teenager and some other uninitiated stuff coming through their medicine probably. And we're just constantly keeping ourselves in checks and balances here in Soulful Heart, which I find is really unique. And that's why perhaps we haven't shown up on your radar for a long time because we're not pushing self-image. We're pushing not even pushing anything, actually. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to clarify things inside of ourselves, understand where we're coming from, cleaning it up, purifying yeah. all of it. And sometimes we take breaks from serving for that exact reason. And sometimes we get very activated around it. And we will always let people go when it feels like it's just not going in or it's turning into more of a therapy rather mm-hmm. than um, a, a catalytic offering for them. That's what's hard. Sometimes with the inner teenagers, they sometimes are so in charge of your process and holding of the parts that they get overwhelmed and they shut down. I've seen that a few times too. The the stubborn inner teenager can't, won't let itself be felt and um, actually be transmuted into something new. And I know for myself, that was a huge story for quite a few years of my, of my process, actually Uh, the, the collapse of my inner teenager into the lap of the divine has happened in layers over the years. And it's just been really beautiful processing to feel that immaturity. And we don't judge it. We don't judge the immaturity. That's just part of the process. We're all immature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, like, we all are constantly on this maturation process. But <clears throat> excuse me. But the, the inner teenager, uh, if they're not ready for the next level of initiation, quite often the process has to collapse for a while or, yeah. you know, the journey within Soulful Heart community yeah. and the level of intimacy that we require and inhabit. And that's always deepening for us. And uh, 
even in sessions. Mm -hmm. The sessions are very intimate. And sometimes, and we make it as safe as possible, but sometimes that inner teenager just will not feel safe no matter what. And then then that's just not the work for them. It's interesting you brought up the control piece because in my mm -hmm. writing that I have uh, drafted, one of the lines that I wrote is like, the teenager has the keys to the car and Mm. doesn't want to give them back Mm. um, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, And so that feels very true. So it is a, it's kind of an ongoing process with them, um, to, it's not about, see, it's a resistance of growing up. It doesn't mean kind of getting old. Um, growing up is Mm -hmm. something, it's about letting go of something and moving into something else. There's a death and rebirth in that initiated state. And I want to make one example for myself around this difference with the teenager and spirituality. I would say it's arisen in me as a man because of my wounding as a teenager. I walk into spirituality and of course, one of the first things that you start to ping on is the sacred masculine or, you know, and all of a sudden the images of what the sacred masculine is and you see pictures and writings and all that stuff and you start getting into sexuality. And if you've got a wounded... It's the same for the feminine. Right, exactly. So Lots of naked priestesses on Instagram. Right. So if you... Which are inner teenagers. You have that wounded inner teenager around this issue of your own sense of self-worth as a man, then you're going to get called into this more kind of dark masculine spiritual mm-hmm. energy just as a wounded feminine woman would get more kind of maybe into the dark feminine sort of sexualized uh, spirituality so you know it, it really does i think it has a huge impact on a relationship to spirituality in all areas of our yeah. life and like we said the twin flame pursuit to mm-hmm. that clinging to someone that you feel in your soul is your twin flame, it's like, well, whether that's true or not, is it actually transactable? And is there an inner teenager who really just wants to suffer and is okay with suffering? And especially over a romance where there's more care about that manifesting or not rather than actual self-care or self-love leading the way Mm -hmm. and recognition of what it really takes to be in a real sacred union. Yeah. You and uh, I which have, has been so big. You and I have had challenges around our teenagers oh being in, in cahoots between each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they still are. I can fill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, but it's, it's, it's different to be now. conscious of it, to be aware yeah. of it, and how, where are they transacting? Sure. And where can we, as the quote, parents of, of the sure. space, um, kind of say, okay, well, that was okay for now, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's find another, another solution to something. You know, you and I might go out and have. Uh, maybe an alcoholic beverage once in a while back in the past or something like that. And it could feel the two teenagers getting together and yeah. um, doing that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, we ha- it's time to grow out of uh, a phase mm-hmm. uh, of something. And so then we can feel or maybe next? our teenage yeah. edges were connecting on some places. And Yeah. So Just quickly before we wrap up here, I know we're getting close to time, but um, because last week we mentioned the tension between your gatekeeper, who's the guardian of your soul, basically, your soul gifts and lifetimes, um, they can often be in tension, deep tension with the inner teenager. Mm -hmm. And this is all why. Mm -hmm. Everything that we've just mentioned is is partly why. So your gatekeeper can get protective of them too Mm -hmm. at the same time, or your inner protector does. That's another part that we work with usually right off the bat with people. And and the gatekeeper could be quite controlling of the teenager too. Like sure. you should be doing your well, soul purpose work. Kind that's of what I had right. when I came in the silver heart door at 24. I had such a driven gatekeeper that was pushing my inner teenager. And that's all I was, was gatekeeper and inner teenager basically. Mm-hmm. And occasionally inner child. There wasn't really a woman there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not until a, f- a couple years into my process, I would say, did I really have a woman there? Not even when I first started dating you mm-hmm. at that age. It was, it was just this um, teenage fusion over and over again. And that was really hard to really feel that and have the deep realizations I needed to and dark nights of the soul where I needed to mm-hmm. feel that too, this tension between the two of them. And um, it could be so hard, like you said, it made it even harder to get grounded, mm-hmm. to find my feet financially so I could even pay rent. Granted, I was living in Vancouver at the time, so there you go. Vancouver, Canada is astronomically expensive, mm-hmm. probably even worse now than back then. Mm-hmm. But it was it was just um, you know trying to balance self-care and self-love with the pursuit of soul work and feeling somewhat entitled to soul work versus finding my grounding in something financially stable, at least for a time in order to grow the soul work, you know, I'd be brought that. And then part of me would go, no, I'm not doing it that way. Mm -hmm. Screw that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just this distrust in both my gatekeeper and my inner teenager around that, I think. And so sometimes they'd be in cahoots and sometimes they'd be at odds in this really funky way that I had to sort of sort out inside yeah. of me and depretzel them yeah. from their entwinement. And um, now we, you know, the, the lives we're living now, we have this other level of that going on where there's a deeper surrender into, well, we have to teach English online, but we're still going to have our creative pursuits and we're still going to work with people as much as they are ready for. Mm-hmm. And whoever comes to us comes to us, but they're there isn't this creation of a self-image. We're not constructing anything around that, and we actually can't. Every time we try to do that, it collapses. So the inner teenagers can't drive the bus on that anymore, and neither can the gatekeeper after all the work we've done with them. Try as they might in moments. It just doesn't take hold yeah. in the same way. So yeah. yeah, it's just always interesting to note these dynamics inside and how they might be playing out inside of you if you relate to what I just shared or what Gabriel just said. Um, as well about his process it just feels like it's unique to every individual anyways but maybe there's something in both of our stories that resonates for you yeah so and just to also offer we talked about helping to initiate the teenager but i think the first step is just to love the teenager yeah to feel them that they're actually cared for that they're seen for who they are Mm -hmm. um and that they're not devalued in any way and in that case, I think right. that helps to move the initiation along. But it's number one, it's just to love them and to give them love. Which sometimes maybe in other lifetimes of initiations, there wasn't actually love and right. care in those initiations anyways. Yeah. So maybe there is a, you know, on a soul level a rebellion against that too, mm-hmm. because there wasn't any care offered. It was just to go jump into the fire pit. And yeah. um, what? who wants to do that mm-hmm. now, really? Yeah. So there's got to be other, there's other ways, but it's just, yeah, needing to take those steps and just get the trust of your parts before you try and force them in anything. If you're feeling a desire to force them in anything, that's not you (laughs) that's trying to do that. That's another part or it's your gatekeeper or something else inside of you that's trying to make something happen versus letting it breathe, letting Mm. the parts of you breathe Mm. and just feeling them, giving them space. Mm. Yes. So it sounds like we might have a topic for next episode, maybe the yeah, gatekeeper, so. possibly. We'll, yeah, we'll probably. see what happens. Yeah, who knows what will be current <laughs> next week. Right, exactly. Well, thanks so much. We could go on ad infinitum about 
you know, this topic and it feels like a good mm-hmm. place to, to, um, to stop here. And we can, we will continually come back to the teenager in multiple mm-hmm. places. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> thanks again so much for being with us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please, please uh, let us know in the comments below. If you're listening to us, uh, on a platform that has comment section, <laughs> please, we beg you. <laughs> also, we would love it if you would, uh, follow us on, you know, maybe you're only listening to us on YouTube, but if you would uh, help us out and maybe follow us on any of the podcast uh, platforms such as Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, yeah. anchor FM, um, audible. There's lots of places that you can find us just by typing in the soulful heart current. And we would really appreciate that support. We also welcome donations mm. of any amount. If this, if what we're talking about is, is supporting you at all, we would welcome that. Please. We have 45 minute intro calls we can do with you for this mm-hmm. process, whatever it is. There's lots of information on our website too, about what we're talking about. So thank you so much for listening. Even if there's only five of you, thank you for being here and offering your hearts to the space. It really does fan the flames of our own passion. Absolutely. Our teenagers are into this. Yes, I think so. Well, they get to like practically make out. They're so, we're so close together over this mic. (laughs) They don't mind that. Nope. Not at all. All right. Thanks again so much. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us in the Soulful Heart Current. If you feel drawn to what we spoke about and are curious about sessions with one of us, we offer a free 45-minute intro call to talk with you more about how we may be able to serve you in this process. We also invite you to join our online community called the Soulful Heart Portal, where we can deepen with those that are resonant and in desire for more sacred connection. Links are posted in the description. No matter what degree of connection you feel with us and our community at this time, we hope that this podcast has offered you something to take in and digest. Much love.